Hey you, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of In The Area Podcast, your weekly source for wisdom nuggets. Your listens and your words of encouragement are what keep this podcast going, and I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Today I'm here with Anders Vogel, my upstairs neighbor, my coworker, my friend. We've known each other for two years. Anders has been living in Vail for how many years now has it been? It's my third year. Third year, Third year in Vail, but you originally come from the Northeast. Come from Connecticut. Yeah, that's right. Anders has always struck me as this very positive, amazing person. He's an English teacher. He gets the kids fired up on literature. Uh, is currently in grad school at Middlebury. What is what is that program called? Sure, I'm I'm a little worried that like my teardrops are gonna like sound gonna or, like <laughs> resonate. They're gonna be like it's gonna be like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's like, it's gonna perfectly, you know what I mean? Because you're making me cry, oh, dude. dude. Like, that's that's really nice. I'm yeah. just being real, man. This you're you're the yeah. truth, dude. It's the truth. Oh, dude. It's nice. Guitar player. Um, I was so curious last year. I kept hearing whispers that Anders played guitar, and I was always like, dude, I want to hear. And he's like, yeah, one day, one day. <laughs> I finally, I finally got the chance this year. I'm like, I'm one step short of the like guy you see on the college campus who's like sitting under the tree with like, like basically no clothes on. And he's just kind of strumming. Like wow. I'm kind of like I know a little <laughs> bit less guitar than that guy. Yeah, like that's where I'm at with guitar. So Jeez. I can't I can't do like the up the neck like solo. And just before we begin today's podcast, if you guys want to find that deeper content, follow us on Instagram at in the area pod, and you can subscribe to the channel on all apps that support podcasts. Enjoy today's episode. <laughs> In the, in the, in the area, area. You're not only a guitar player, you're a songwriter. And I like your philosophy on songwriting too. Um, you you were sharing that you enjoy to write songs that are positive and that are uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about what you mean by that? What yeah. your philosophy on songwriting is? Totally. Uh, I think there's like a scene in, it's, it's a movie that hasn't really aged very well, but um, that movie Animal House where Belushi is like walking down during the party and there's a guy on the stairs and he's playing guitar and he's strumming like it's kind of like dark and like somber and Belushi just like takes the guitar and like smashes the guitar and I try like a lot of times when I write songs with people it's like very emotional and they're like I saw the swallow like you know across the sky and you're like oh dude like, yeah like okay like that's that's something right yeah it's very dark and kind of just like oh like emotional and I'm like you know what I, I want to get music that people could actually kind of like be uplifted by, you know, and like feel good about, wow. you know what I mean? Nobody wants to like drive in the car and turn up the song that's like talking about like how depressed you are. Right. Nobody's gonna be like, oh yeah, this, right. like, but there's like, certainly moments, crank it. <laughs> yeah. you know, there's like, moments, there's right, moments where right. I'll put on that sad song. Like if I'm in like a dark mood, you know, mm-hmm. I want that minor key classical. I want that sad jazz, you know, Yes. but I think it yes. is really, it is nice to, to be able to to go to this positive music, this uplifting music that has a b- beautiful message underneath. Right, right. I agree. I think I think you're right. Like, and if anybody's expressing themselves through music, that's that's what you got to do. I mean, if you're expressing yourself in any way, I mean, um, yeah. So I, you know, if you've got like, if you're singing about swallows in the air and it's like it's all dark, then do it. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, get it out there. But like, I find that when I sit down to write a song and I pick up the guitar. I'm wanting something that's like moving a little bit more, wow. you know? Now, do you have any artists that you look to as like, wow, these are inspirational musicians. These are inspirational songwriters. So some people, some bands that I've really enjoyed, um, uh, I grew up on Guster, 
Um, mm. Guster was just such an awesome yeah. band. Uh, you know, like kind of Northeast. Um, I love Dispatch. You know, these are kind of like, you know, you know, bro-y college bands yeah. um, that I kind of grew up with, but I loved their sound. Um, I grew up in a, in a very Christian household. And so um, I was kind of like, you know, I was thrust into a lot of like Christian rock music. Like wow. that was kind of my first like sort of thing listening to music, right? Like all my friends were listening to all these like rap albums that had like, I remember I asked my mom one time to go buy me a, a My Chemical Romance CD. Cause like uh -huh. that was when you, you know, like your parents buy CDs for you yeah. and stuff. And she took one look at the label and it had like explicit whatever. And, uh, and you know, she was like, uh, like, I can't buy this for you, Anders. Like this is, you know, like no way, you know, she kind of uh -huh. said like, Hey, I don't want this for you. And I was like, all right, well just give me like, now that's what I, that's what I call music. Like eight, you know what I mean? Or like, give me kids bop, like, you know, just whatever you got over there. And I really looked up to, um, I love Jack Johnson. You know, mm. just like simple stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a band right now that's out called Catfish and the Bottlemen. Mm. Those guys are awesome. I love um, British rock bands. Great sound. Kind of flying under the radar right now, but they're huge at um, at festivals abroad. Mm. Like they sell out shows all over Europe. Um, and they kind of like, you know, sort of have done like mini tours in the United States. And people are like, oh, that's kind of cool. But these guys are legit. Like wow. their songwriting is incredible. The lead singer does a lot of like stripped down acoustic stuff. Dude, oh, that's, a, that. that's a band I'm into right now. Catfish. Say their name one more time. Uh, Catfish and the Bottlemen. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I haven't even heard of them. Dude, yeah, they're good. They have a strange name, right? Like, <laughs> like what is that name? But yeah. Like, but it's, dude, they're legit. I wonder that about a lot of names. A lot of names I find, like Leftover Salmon. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a bluegrass <laughs> fan. It's a band. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Right on. But uh, so I want to talk a little bit more about your childhood. So you said you were born in a Christian household. What, what Was it a non-denominational Christian or were you... Yeah, I grew up in uh, I grew up in a denomination called the Covenant Church, which is a uh, a very um, it's it's uh, it started in Sweden, so it's a Swedish um, like Pietist church, like very similar to Lutheran. Mm. Um, and my family was like very involved in that. And uh, you know, recently, what's been happening? Um, the church has taken some really uh, aggressive and I think um, you know just really awful and, 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 you know, pretty, pretty bad stances on, um, on gay marriage. Mm. Um, the church has decided to kind of bury its flag in not being accepting, um, and, uh, and not, you know, going for inclusion when it comes to, uh, you know, our homosexual brothers and sisters. And so that's been something that's really driven me away. And I kind of like came to the mountains to escape from that a little bit wow. because I was really disappointed in, you know, we had an election a couple of years ago. We had a couple other things that happened. And it was like the world was really, it just felt really, really wrong. You know, it just felt like people were on the wrong side of things. Um, and so I actually, you know, I haven't been involved. Like I haven't really been to church in a while. Sometimes I play drums down at the Vale Church. Um, and that's kind of been my only connection to the church is through music. But, uh, but I've really, you know, I've really kind of distanced myself from that. Wow. Um, I felt like that's, that's something that I've needed to do. It's a stand that I need to take, you know, and, uh, I've got a lot of family that have been like, you know, Hey, like, you know, where are you? We'd love to see you. You know, we'd love to see you, you know, come to church and stuff. And I'm just kind of like, until we clean our act up until this gets better, you know, I'm probably going to be, I'll be, I'll be on the mountain or I'll be fishing or I'll wow. be doing something else. So, yeah. Do you still find yourself to be spiritual without religion right now? Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the people can't see this, but my eyes are closed. My hands, my palms are up right now. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like, like, I just, you know, when I'm saying this whole thing, like, that's, yeah, what, yeah, I, that's yeah, what I look yeah. like. like. I'm floating. Yeah, six floating inches above off the, the ground. Yeah, it's exactly. amazing. Yeah. Like, the first podcast where this has yeah. happened. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, something. Did you put something in this beer? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> this is more spiritual than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, yeah. Yes. Like, I think, I think everybody, like we talked about with songwriting, like, you gotta, you have to access some part of you that feels bigger than just you. That's the like amazing thing about being human, right? Like we're given this, like what, what separates us from, you know, uh, the, the animal that we, you see the, you know, the moose or the, um, you know, the fish in the stream. It's like, we're given this amazing ability to like create like a, a series of spirits in ourselves. Right. And so it's like, if you're not like flexing that spirit muscle, if you're not like looking out at the world and being like, wow, this is beautiful. And like, you know, if, if you're not letting this life bring some tears to your eyes and be spiritual, then like you're missing out on like the whole like point of being human. Like that's what we got. That's what we got that they don't got. Like, wow. and so I think, you know, spirituality is really important. And like what that looks like, I think it's up to you. Like, And how do you define spirituality? Because I feel like sometimes that word is used and without pro- being properly explained yeah it's a good yeah so like you know i don't believe in ghosts you know like i mean you know maybe but like i don't believe in like uh you know i i just personally don't think that there's like a ghost you know walking around like casper you know something like that but you know you walk into a house that has memories or you walk into some place that's like considered haunted or something and you you know look around you feel something right it's like dude that's real like how is that not real like maybe i don't believe in the like floating ghosts but like do I believe in like the spirit of a place? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You walk into a certain section of the mountains and you're like, dude, this place has like a feeling, you know, it doesn't feel like you're, you know, freaking like Walmart, right? Uh, like you don't walk into Walmart and be like, oh, like, you know, wow. <laughs> I mean, unless you do, <laughs> unless you do, unless you do, but like, I'm not getting that. Right. But then mm-hmm. like, you know, you take a hike up to Gore Lake or something and you're like, dude, like, whoa, I think, I think spirituality is like, is a moment of change within yourself when you realize that I feel different in this place and it could be good. It could be bad, but you are noticing a difference Hmm. and it's allowing certain senses to rise to the surface. And what those senses are is kind of up to you and your spirituality. And do you feel like religion to help you kind of get to those moments more easily? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You know, like, you know, I was taught to close my eyes and pray and it's like, you know, yeah, maybe now I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'm praying to like some dude in the sky, but like, you know, I'm, I still close my eyes. Like I still, still close my eyes and I still like think about things. And a lot of times you hear people say like, well, you know, I'll pray for you or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's kind of a, like a phrase, you know, it's like some dude got hit by a bus and we'll be like, you know, we'll, we'll pray for you. Like, you know, it's sort of like, well, what's yeah. that going to do? Like, right. you know, but this idea of like intentionally bringing thoughts into your brain with the sole purpose of like a healing for you and someone else. It's like, dude, that's like, if that's called prayer, like I'm into that. Like I'm into that. I'm maybe not so into like, you know, like thinking that God is going to like hit me with a bolt of lightning. If I don't, if I don't pray, like that's, I don't think that's happening. But like, if I'm thinking about somebody and I'm like looking out at the world, like, yeah. Like what's the difference between like prayer and song? It's like the same thing. That's beautiful, Anders. Where where are some places that you've been that you felt like you were most in the sanctuary? I remember uh, I took, uh, when I was in high school, I took a trip to Antarctica and uh, I was a sophomore. 
And we went down, we flew down with like a big group of high school students, you know, group of, group of us. And, uh, we went down to like Tierra del Fuego and like Patagonia and, um, and went down there. We got on a boat and we went to this uh, island called South Georgia. And then we uh, took the boat down to Antarctica and made landings on the, uh, like the peninsula down there. And I remember one night walking out onto the ship and I, I wasn't supposed to be out of my room, but like, for some reason I was just kind of like, you know, dude, like, I think I got to like, sometimes it's like, I, I, I can't not be, like be outside right now for some reason. And I walked outside, it was cold. I remember being like really cold, but I looked up and I could see the most stars I've ever seen, mm-hmm. you know, cause there's no light pollution really. And it was an insanely clear night. Oh. There's tons of stars. And I remember being like, dude, like, whoa. Wow. You know, that was pretty cool. That was a cool one. Wow. Um, I remember that. And that felt like sanctuary to me, you know. But you, even though it was so far away from like what I knew, that was that was a sanctuary. Jeez. Um, and then uh I I was one time I was hiking in Norway and I hiked um into a fjord. Um and I like kind of crossed over this like little threshold and saw the fjord for the first time because you kind of had to like hike up and then over into it. And that one brought tears to my eyes. That one was like- Can you quickly describe a fjord, what it is? Yeah, fjord is just basically like, you know, uh, where the ocean kind of is like goes inland and it's like these big steep mountains um, that are right up against the ocean. And so it's kind of like a series of bays, um, but it's like longer than a bay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool. And they're, they're mostly in like Norway and like New Zealand and, um, like coastal places, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what was that feeling? (laughs) What what was that? Thanks so much. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What was that feeling? Because I interrupted right before you're about to get to it. No. You said you crossed over. Yeah, I kind of crossed over into the, um, like over this little tiny ridge and I saw the fjord for the first time. Um, and I had spent kind of weeks preparing to hike into this thing. I like took a train to a ferry and like to a, uh, to a cab and like hiked pretty far. And I got there and I was, that brought tears to my eyes. You know, tears wow. in the tears in my eyes, you know? It was something, it, it was something like you just, there's something so incredible but the natural beauty of this world sometimes. Mm. It is unbelievable. And like, yeah, art is cool and like music and like all this stuff, but like, I don't know if I've ever experienced something as real and authentic and as spiritual as seeing some places in the world. It's incredible. It is incredible. And it resonates so much with me because I was just, I just had an experience under the stars. You know, if you go back to your first example where I felt so deeply connected to to myself and to the place I was in that like, I don't know how to get there without being immersed in some sort of remote or beautiful place like that, not in the natural world. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk, I want to sit for a second on on Scandinavia because you're Scandinavian. That's your ancestry. Yes. So do you know how they say- Very very proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. You You know how they say sometimes when you go- to a place where your lineage is from, mm-hmm. you almost can get a feeling of like coming home. Yes. Did you feel that way at all? Yes, absolutely. Um, it was like all the stuff that I grew up with in my house, they were all just kind of versions of, you know, like the place that my family came from. So when I went, I studied abroad in Sweden when I was in college. And when I went to Sweden, um, 
I was like, whoa, these are like w- the genesis of like where our culture comes from. And like, this is why my household looked like it looked. And this is why our food, you know, was kind of like this. Like it was the source, right? It was so interesting to see where our family started. So when you went there, were you hearing stories from your family members that you had never met before about your family history and yeah, yeah. how they ended up in the United States? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we had a we have a really interesting story. You know, it's just um, it's you know when I think I believe it was my great grandfather who immigrated. And when he came to the United States, you know, they, they had nothing like they, you know, and there's kind of a joke in the family because in, in Scandinavia, one of the places that a lot of the Swedes were going was this small town called Lindsborg, Kansas. It's very like tiny little town in Kansas. And he gets to New York, he gets to Ellis Island and he looks around at New York, all the tall, you know, amazing buildings. And he says to his family, he looks at them, and this is kind of like a family joke, like a running joke of ours. And he looks to his family and he goes, if this is New York, imagine what Lindsborg, Kansas must be like. And it was like, this guy had no idea, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, he just like, yeah, he was yeah. like, dude, this is going to be awesome. This is going like, to be <laughs> yeah, like, There's got to be like another one of oh these, like, gosh. you know, but like little does he know, he shows up in Kansas, like, oh, like there's literally nothing here. And like oh, New York was probably pretty cool. So uh, to pivot a little bit, there's, uh, there's like a series of questions that I learned from Tim Ferriss, who's another podcaster, who he came up with the loving questions that you can ask any guest or any person in life and get a lot of value out of the answers. What is one book or books that you have read that has greatly impacted your life? Oh man, that's a great question. One book that had a big impact on me was uh, the book, The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Um, I read that book when I was a junior in college and I was like, you know, pretty into reading at that point. And I was a camp counselor at a summer camp. I was uh, the program director and I was supposed to be like in charge of, you know, managing just kind of how the camp ran and stuff. And I was like shirking my responsibilities and like hiding on camp to finish that book because it was, it was, it was so well-written, um, it had some weird parts to it in terms of like some of the stuff that went on with, uh, uh, with like this professor. And so like, wait, what's the summary of the book? Uh, it's a, um, a, a group of students um, get really into uh, like Greek culture and like ancient Greek culture. And they come up with this way that they want to perform some kind of ritual in the woods. So they want to perform like this, you know, like, uh, like Latin old ritual. And, um, they eventually kind of like undergo this transformation and they end up murdering somebody. Wow. And they have, they spend the whole like rest of the book, like covering it up. Wow. And it's just a brilliant book. It's a mystery. The characters are brilliant. The writing is incredible. Donna Tart is this amazing writer. She only writes, she writes a book. It takes her 10 years to write a book. She's written like three books. Fiction. Um, fiction writer. Un- <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Breaking news. Breaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Students found doing Greek <laughs> ritual murder Dude, random man. Do weird shit. <laughs> yeah. do weird no, shit. I know. There's a, yeah, truth is a stranger. But I'm gonna have to but. look this up. Another question is: What purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you made in the last six months that has most positively impacted your life? It's kind of strange, but flights are really cheap mm. right now. And uh, my girlfriend, Sensi, moved from Harlem to Brooklyn. And, you know, I was a little nervous about flying the pandemic, not exactly sure what, you know, 
what the right thing to do was. Um, but you know, I like, I wanted to help her, you know, I, I just, I want to help her move, you know? And so I want to be a part of that. And so, uh, that was under a hundred bucks to fly from Denver wow, to New York. That's amazing. And it's like, can I put a price on like being a part of just, well, first off, just to see her, you know, like going weeks without seeing her. And, um, that was, that was definitely something meaningful that I spent, spent less than a hundred bucks on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like you're just like the best boyfriend ever. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Just like no, dude, fucking no. so kind. No, man. I, I like, you know, we talk all the time about how we want to like, you know, I, I, you know, she's the best, like, and, and we talk all the time about how we want to be, you know, best for each other. And, um, yeah, I mean, I try, you know, but like I fall short too. fall short plenty of times. Mm. Yeah. Damn. If you had an opportunity to, put one word, phrase, paragraph, or quote onto a billboard that would be broadcast in front of millions, if not billions of people, what would it say and why? I think that the phrase that I would put would be, and this is the beginning of the phrase and the quotes, quote, the smart people are not the ones at the front of the room talking. The smart people are the ones sitting closest to the exits. And it's... <laughs> Whoa, I'm like intrigued. It, Schiller's eyes are lighting up. It's Tell incredible. me more. Tell me more. <laughs> the idea is that life is not necessarily about how much you can prop yourself up. It's not about you on a platform. It's about showing up for the people that care about you. It's where you're showing up for the things that you care about. It's when the, you know, your boss is droning on and on about something, about the future of the company or like whatever. And you're in a chair and you're thinking, I cannot wait to get back to my dog or to hit the, you know, to hit the links with some buddies or get a beer with like that friend I haven't seen in a while. That should be the stuff that is really important to us. Not this like rat race of like money and status and power and like wearing tuxedos and like having a big hearty laugh with like a glass of champagne in your hand. Like, like, I mean, like, what is that? Right. Like live life for the stuff that is outside of the stuff that props you up. Wow. And, and you're, and you're like value hierarchy would you say relationships are the highest? Some other ones could be experiences, career. Mm. Out of those three, where does our relationships at the top of that pyramid? I think there was a time where, uh, you know, my career meant more than my relationships. You know what I mean? Like, I think so. But now that I've got like a, like a grasp on sort of what I want to do with life and sort of the trajectory, like, yeah, the career is important, right? Like, there's going to be some days where I got to go, you know, I might have to miss something to go deal with a career thing. Of course. But like, would I ever miss a guy's weekend or a bachelor party or a wedding or a funeral or, uh, you know, a birthday or a baptism or like whatever family, like friend thing is going on for my work? I don't know. Like I, I just, I, you know, like, and I don't make it to all those things, right? Like, I, I, I don't. But, like, if it's important enough that I need to be there, I am going to be there. If tomorrow I found out that I needed to be in Chicago because a family member passed away, I'm going. 
work is not getting in the way of that. Like you realize like I've dealt with a couple, like we've had some family friends pass away. We've had some family pass away. When you're in those moments and you're in the hospital or you're in the family's house, whatever that is, you realize how unimportant all that stuff is. You really do. Like you forget. Yeah, maybe check your phone or email to like answer some stuff, but like we don't like you don't need any of that. And you and you're like, whoa, like all we've got kind of is our lives. Like, you know, like yeah. And when and when they, you know, when they bury us, when they, you know, cremate us, whatever, they don't bury us with like all of our shit. You know what I mean? They used to do that with like Egyptian, like, you know, whatever. But like they don't nobody is gonna stand over your grave. Or talk about you and say, wow, wasn't that great when he or she went to work instead of showing up for something else? They'll, they'll never, nobody's ever going to say that. Instead, they'll say exactly the opposite. This person invested in our family, in friends, in each other. Like when called upon, they came. That is what's important. 